0: which I don't see happening, um, you'll get a full refund. Upgrade your sleep with Miracle Made. Go to fake the fakethenation and use the code Nation to claim your free three-piece towel set and save over 40% off. Again, that's trymiracle.com fakethenation to treat yourself. Thank you, Miracle Made, for sponsoring this episode.
1: Fake the Nation, episode 156.
0: Hello, hello, this is Fake the Nation, where we talk about news, we talk about politics, and where we applaud Marion Williamson for having chutzpah. Um, I am your host, Nikki Farsad, and unlike most people, I'm not running for president. But I am here to talk incessantly about what's going on in America, which this week includes the continuing census shenanigans, shady cabinet members, resigning ambassadors, and other odds and ends of Beltway politics. We'll also take a look back to two weeks ago and discuss the commodification of pride. I am so excited. Excited by today's panel because we have returning to the show, and you guys know I like a good returning. Um, we have the author of the musical Fiddler on the Rooftop Bar. She's so fucking talented, you guys. Um, and you've heard her on the show before, you've loved her on the show before. You guys, it's Marsha Belsky. Hello. Hey, Marcia. Hi, thank you for having me back. And for the first time on this show, um, oh, this guy, you've seen him on the televisions. Um, He was on IFC for a very long time. Uh, I would qualify that as a very long time. Was it a very long
1: time? Well, see, I've been... I, I was on, I see a little bit, but I was on True TV for a long time. Oh, but sorry. But I
0: I'm just mixing up my Well, I've worked networks, for so
1: I many think. low-level <laughs> cable networks that it's hard to keep track King of. King <laughs> of
0: low-level cable networks. He's also host of another Earwolf podcast called Beautiful Anonymous that if you have not subscribed, you should immediately do that because it is so great and uh, surprising and moving and funny and weird and all of that wrapped into one. You guys, it's Chris Gethard. Hey, Chris. Hi.
1: Thanks for having me. I'm glad we finally found a date i know i'm so glad this worked out yeah, he's also
0: uh, the father of new progeny oh are you public mm-hmm. with that yeah, yeah okay I great i have a child, <laughs> uh, have a child yeah. he has a child uh we both have infants we just talked about sleep training or mm-hmm. whatever i guess we're that was technically a sleep training conversation well
1: Marsha asked one simple question of like are you both tired and then we ranted for 15 minutes <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah about- that I'm sure that's why i asked that to it.
2: parents because that's how you get them to just start talking about like what they're going through and Like, are you tired? They're like, thank you for asking. <laughs> <laughs> I will now bore you. No, I don't um, find it boring.
0: That's very nice. Sometimes. That's uh, really nice of you. Um, the, the fucking, by the way, ex-boyfriend I ran into yesterday that I can't stop talking about, uh, he, he, he did me a, a great kindness, and he was like, you look the same. And I was like, fit! I mean... <laughs> That was a great kindness because six months postpartum, I do not
2: look the same. But thank you uh,
0: for saying that. Very but nice. then is he
2: saying that your pre-pregnancy body looked pregnant or like post-pregnant? It's like, how I think dare you? it's just you? like being nice
0: because like, you know, yeah. uh, I don't fucking look the same. Very nice, though. I mean, I think I have the same vibe like as a person because <laughs> I'm the same person. All right. Let's get into it with topic number one. Um, okay, so we just have we're gonna do like a bunch of like beltway things in this one giant topic that's broken down into mini topics. Um so Trump really wants to add this citizenship question to the census. The Supreme Court said no. Uh, they thought that he maybe had like a sinister reason for doing it. They were correct. Yeah. Um Because there was also, I don't know if you guys remember, there was like a, a guy who died and then his estranged daughter found, um, a Republican strategist, his estranged daughter found like a memo and like leaked it or whatever. And the memo was just basically like, if we add a citizenship question to the census, it will help with redistricting There's something like that. It, yeah. It, it was like an evil, it was like evil email, like subject line was like evil email. <laughs> um. And anyways, so. So the Supreme Court found all of that out. They said no. Um, And then Trump's – the Justice Department's legal team was like, "Uh, no, we're going back. We're changing our rationale. And uh, we're also – we want to swap out lawyers. And the judge was like, that's not – you can't do that. New York – federal
2: district yeah court, they gave whatever. no reasons for it and the original set of lawyers that said are like experts in this field and then the new set of lawyers they were proposing are just random
0: yeah yeah they're like a uh, fucking saul or whatever they're probably people or like loyal to Trump. lawyers or that's something.
2: why if it actually revealed internally like it would be revealed that they were handpicked by people who would be loyal to yeah Trump.
0: yeah yeah completely i'm sure um it, okay and then as we were
2: on our way to the studio this morning, and I was
0: on a slightly delayed subway, though strangely, I wasn't late. Uh, Chris. I was. I was late. I'm sorry. I'm... <laughs> this fucking guy with his newborn, am I right? Um, <laughs> I read that he's doing a Rose Garden announcement today, as we're probably taping, um, that he, they're going to try and do something, some kind of executive order to get the citizenship question on the census, which will undoubtedly face legal challenges. And it's just something they don't want to give up. And rather unhelpfully, Trump said at some point,
2: <laughs> well, we want to add it because of districting. No, um, they want to add it so they can weaponize the census and get I mean, probably because the district can get, as well. Well, for, but, I
0: mean, for literally because it creates an undercount. They're going uh, to hand it, it to, ICE. to They're going to hand
2: it to ice. It's Gestapo shit. They're making a list. Like, of course, they already they're having trouble rounding up undocumented immigrants in the way that he promised that he would. And this is how they're trying to get a better idea of exactly where people are. And you're going to make people afraid of the census, which will give inaccurate reporting.
0: And the inaccurate reporting
2: will benefit Republicans Republicans when
0: when they draw district lines for 2020, which is what they do after they do a census. I
1: feel like there's a few things that have happened with, with his administration where it's like, you hear it casually and you're like, oh yeah, that makes sense. Are you a citizen or not? And then you get just under the surface and it's like, Oh, there's all these, uh, all these motives Layers, that go beyond. Yeah. Same thing where it's like it's it's so easy to be like we're going to stop illegal immigration, and then people go, well, yeah, of course the word illegal is in it, and then you're like, oh, but this is being used to skirt international asylum laws, mm-hmm. and people fleeing from countries we destabilized. Like this is
2: they're so good at the word branding, pro life, aliens, like all of this stuff mm-hmm. is used to exactly trigger moderates into being like, well, that sounds reasonable. Yeah. And it's, it's not like yeah, it's horrible. Right?
1: Didn't they also it used to be global warming and now it's climate change. And yes. that was a. have I I've I've, under, I've heard that that was like a conservative effort to rebrand it as something less freaky. Interesting.
2: Wait, I, yeah. was it? Well, I don't know cuz I was I thinking it was, that. I they do it the was global warming like because it was more accurate.
0: Because yeah. it's not like actually,
2: it is warming, but then it also it leads to just more extreme weather changes. I would think it's against Republicans because you have like these dumbasses tweeting like global warming, but it's forty degrees outside today.
1: Like, yeah, or it's February, and it's like thank God for global warming. <laughs> yeah.
2: But they want to. That would make sense that they want to obscure because the whole thing is that. Uh, annually, the temperature of the entire world is raising, and that's the issue. But so to change it to climate change does kind of soften it, because they're like, so the weather changes. All right, it's a windy day. You know, who cares? And then we're going to start having tornadoes in New York City, and all of a sudden people will care.
0: I mean, basically, what's interesting about this issue is- is that they're not letting it go. I mean, they're really, really not letting it go. And they know that even an executive order is going to lead to legal challenges. So, like,
2: um, is it just that it's, he's making, why? Trump doesn't care about the law. I mean, that's the whole thing is, like, Everything he's doing, like, has a lot has been proven to be illegal. It's not just the tax stuff where it was like, we want you to release your taxes, but you don't have to. No, he's flat out doing illegal things and flaunting it. And he's done it his whole life and career, like... You know, I used to work for these lawyers and like in real estate law, Trump has been sued by everybody he's ever worked with. Mm -hmm. He doesn't pay anybody and he just gets sued. And I think he believes he's above the law because he is in a way with his wealth and now as president. So I think he doesn't care when the Supreme Court says no. He's going to do or try to do whatever he wants. And there are some things in place that will hopefully stop him. But. It's scary. Like, I really think that they want to weaponize the census, essentially. Yeah. And I think, I hope he's not going to get away with it. But as soon as I saw the Supreme Court ruling, I knew, I it, it made me happy. I was but- like...
0: I just didn't realize that you could go back and say no. We want to still do it, but with a different reason. I just thought once the Supreme Court is like, no, thank you, then it's done. But it's not. It's a. a it's. Th- it's. This is le- legally murky
1: territory. I think. Yeah. Am I supposed to fill out the sentence? They come
2: house? to how do you, they, they? They mail they it to you, and home. then they come it to comes your to house. They come to your
1: home. Yeah. I've, they come to your apartment. Have you never filled so out so I've assumption? never. No, I think I've always just I don't know assumed if I have it either. was junk mail. This is a thing that I'm. Yeah,
2: it's
0: like kind of big. And uh, do you have to? Is it like
2: when you like vote? Like,
0: yeah,
2: I think you're required to. This is one of But it's it's also you should because
0: it helps. You know, the it's it's about the delivery of services and it's about voting. It's not. There's nothing sinister. And census data feels sinister. Like why you want to know this? Right, but it's not. So the other thing legally. The census data cannot be shared with other departments.
2: So if it were ever to be shared with ICE, that would be legal, right? They would be taken to court for that. I know. It just it doesn't mean anything to me anymore with this administration, what's legal and what's not. Right. I mean, I hear
1: that. How hypocritical am I to get worked up about census-related stuff when I have literally ignored the census for <laughs> all four years? My years
0: um, I think the whole purpose of this mini segment is Chris fill out your census
2: form. <laughs> I will this. Year. That is the p- sure. purpose
0: of this segment.
2: Sure. All right, let's move it's on. It's immediately leaked to the public. <laughs> the <enemies. laughs>
0: what three members of this household? <laughs> um, so controversial. Okay, let's move on to this next. Uh, let's g- next topic. Uh, Okay, so by now everyone's heard of this monster Jeffrey Epstein and his child trafficking ring, and he went uh, to court for similar charges 10 years ago in Florida under then Attorney General, um, state U.S. attorney, um, Alexander Costa. Um, He ended up serving 13 months for solicitation and got to leave prison Six days a week to go to work.
1: 12 hours a day.
0: Which doesn't sound like prison. It so sounds crazy. like your house is being tended for termites and you need a place to stay. You know what I mean? <laughs> mm-hmm. It's like, what was that? How did that deal ever happen? I've never even heard of that he kind to, of deal. You went to a
1: county prison, right? Which, which
0: means what? They're uh, less horrible?
1: State and federal prisons, that's where child molesters will get fucked mm-hmm. up. Oh. I've heard county prisons, it's like a much more they're into pushier. child
2: molesters? <laughs> I think it's just county a, prisons they celebrate, you. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I, I think, think, think they can
1: just keep people separate a little bit more. Oh, I think it can be you. you're not
2: it's a yeah. It's, you're not
1: tossed to the wolves as much. It's a
2: rich people prison. There's it's more like, like tennis. yeah it's like the martha stewart prison probably right 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 um well okay
0: so now the question is so acosta um you know presided over that deal making uh should he he's now labor secretary should he resign yeah
2: absolutely yeah but he's (laughs) not going to i don't think trump's trying to see if he can get away with it essentially and I wonder if he'll be able to because Acosta's whole thing is like 13 months was the best I could get. And so it's better that he did that than nothing, as opposed to like the truth that he didn't want to push it, that he probably knew how many people would be exposed if they got into the ring. And now Trump, too, is going to put like, um, who is it's not recusing himself from the case bar? And it's like, you know, all these people who are directly involved. I think in some ways it's going to indict both parties. And so it's like Pelosi's like, well, he should resign, but we're not going to investigate. And I'm like, yeah, because there are creepy male Democrats, too. Like, I hate people are like, well, Bill Clinton's a creep. I'm like, yeah, I know. I don't like Bill Clinton. You know, yeah, what do you want yeah, me to say? Yeah. I don't I think I'm actually like taking a hard stance that I don't like any pedophiles. Like, I think Mike, <laughs> Mike Drucker tweeted that. He's uh, like, you know, my anti pedophile yeah. stance has actually got me pretty far. But and it's, it's frustrating because, like, he absolutely should resign, but they're waiting to see if they can get away with it. And if they can, he won't. If it becomes somehow politically unviable, but I don't think—non-viable? I don't know what the word is, but I don't think that it's going to.
0: Okay, I mean, let me just play devil's advocate here. And there is an argument, like, the way that they handled that case, they didn't inform the victims, and, um, and there, you know, there, there was all this disregard for the law that happened at that time. But what ab- – so you mentioned Bill Clinton. What about these people that just have, like, a mere affiliation with Epstein?
1: Is PizzaGate real? That's my question about them. This
0: is
2: kind of what
1: those PizzaGate people were saying. But the whole they don't time, care right? about
2: this. That's what's crazy. Is like they're so worked up over a fake pedophile ring, and then a real one gets exposed, and they're like, do doo doo. Right. Where right, are they? Right. 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 Um, well, unless it happens at a pizza parlor, it, then it doesn't, doesn't really, count. really count. They also said apparently they like Epstein's house was like a house of horrors. Like they really? went in and there's like these like his his house was set up creepy. Like they he has these like dolls like hanging from the ceiling and like super creepy decor and it's like and his whole thing too is that there are all these people online being like he's not a pedophile he's a hebophile which means you're into like tweens and teens as opposed to children i'm like if you're making that distinction um i have some questions for you yeah like if you're really hell-bent on being like one is worse than the other. It's like, okay, maybe that's true, but why are you so adamant about this? Like, when Brian Singer got exposed, one of his friends was like, I'm surprised that Brian fucks teenagers because uh, I always see him ID the guys who hit on him. Okay, if your friend is IDing the men who hit on him because they look so young, he's probably a pedophile.
0: <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah.
1: This is your new Foxworthy bit. <laughs>
0: yeah. A <laughs> You're
1: probably a pedophile. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean,
0: but like, <laughs> I, yeah, I, I did, I was a little like, you know, I, I was a little, I just found it a little weird. I mean, a guy that rich who gave money to that many campaigns and was so involved with so many different people with a private jet, right? A, a jet that guy utilized mm-hmm. by many um, to. To kind of drag through the mud the names of people who just were merely affiliated with him felt a little weird to me. Did it? Did it not? I mean, the Acosta example. I think he should absolutely resign and fuck that guy uh, because he, he behaved uh, illegally. Mm-hmm. Um, but just but all these articles that are coming out about people affiliated. Did that make you uncomfortable, or you were like,
2: okay "It's a touchy with it? thing." It is. It's like you know, if I'm in a photo with Harvey Weinstein, doesn't mean that I'm guilty of yeah, his crimes. That's what I mean. But at the yeah. same time, like Donald Trump allegedly raped a 13 year old with yeah. Jeffrey Epstein's help. So it's like the people affiliated might be guilty. Yeah, but it's also you can't assume. I think it's kind of hard. Right. It's just some of the yeah. It's like the the Donald Trump and Bill Clintonness of it all makes yes. it so.
0: Um, Juicy for yeah. the for the making the connections. also, um a, a congressman um Ted Lou made a connection the other day, which I thought was like, creepy um which the the labor secretary alex Acosta like had recently cut the budget or something um by 80 percent of like investigations into child trafficking or something mm-hmm. like that um and i was like oh that's wild fucking weird connection to make uh that's upsetting
1: on the topic of like demonizing anyone who ever affiliated with him I feel like it's hard for us as comedians because if you can affiliate yeah. anyone who's ever affiliated with a creep we are all that we all mm-hmm. just being like I've opened for creeps you know what I mean like mm-hmm. I've opened for people who were later outed as creeps does that mean have worked I'm- for
2: people I knew were creeps who are being creepy to me because I wanted the opportunity for myself yeah, yeah and I didn't yeah. know if, if I ever found out it went further than that obviously I would stop like there's this guy like Aaron Glazer. And then, like, it's sad because he got accused of raping somebody. And what's interesting is that he booked more women than anybody else in the city, I think because there's a shield for himself. And so it's like, and then when I found out, obviously, like, you stop associating him, but I knew he was a creep at the time. I didn't know right. how far it went, but I wanted the spots for myself. You
0: know, I had a situation uh, with a guy that got a very prominent dude who got me too'd and uh he was like my friend and i never ever ever got any inclination ever that he had any of that in his background um and his was like more of a murky one, kind of like Aziz and Sari's, where it's like murky, uh, and and I like I didn't know what to do with that friendship, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um And I still don't know what to do with that friendship. I have it's
2: a it's a hard thing when it's, it's a like hard thing because you're like yeah. I've I've had
0: positive experiences with this person, and they've done shitty things. I get yeah, I I
2: think, and I but it helps them get away with it too in a way because I think. People are very strategic about how they act around who. Yeah. And so it's like I think they sometimes pick victims that either won't be believed or who maybe aren't as liked in the scene or whatever. Right. And then a lot of guys do that with me, I think, where like they treat me with respect and this and that. And then I've really learned to absolutely believe when like a quieter um, or maybe less public woman says he did this to me and even if he's never treated me that way i think they kind of pick and choose uh we've gotten really off the rails here Sorry. but mm-hmm.
0: no mm-hmm. my fault I was interesting um i do do want to ask you just on closing on this segment uh do you think nancy pelosi should um start like a i don't know Investigation investigation, try to get this guy to you know to get this guy fired
1: I in general, uh, I have great respect for Nancy Pelosi, but I do not understand why why there's not more actual actions being taken mm-hmm. um, by her towards everything, even with impeachment and it's like to uh, I feel like to dance around impeachment and publicly say, like, oh, politically it's not going to serve us well. It's like, well, you're not doing the right thing. And I I bet there's a lot of people who are kind of on the straddling political parties um, who would be the ones going, well, you're trying to do the right thing. And I think if you don't, Kind of take the gloves off and throw some punches on issues like these. You are going to make your whole party appear to just be sort of cotton soft in a way that yeah. people don't it's discuss.
2: insane to watch. You have these Republicans who are willing to cheat, always aggressive. Like you know, we read this like Trump won basically after the Access Hollywood thing because he threatened to put Hillary in jail. Like Republicans love this type of aggressiveness they and stole younger a Democrats. Supreme
1: Court seat, like yes, act- two active, Supreme Court seats, yeah. like.
2: And you have the younger Democrats, and that's why we like the Ocasio-Cortez and Elon, like people who are fighting this aggressive fight because you have to fight this fire with fire. But you have people like Pelosi and Schumer and like people in my parents' generation where they still think you can like do things by the rules and like beat these people. And we're not trying to cheat, but it's like you have to be aggressive. And Pelosi seems to think that this sort of like borderline centrist approach is like gonna bring Republicans back onto our side. But I wish they would realize that you need to motivate. Democrats and people who want people to do the right thing as opposed to try and walk this compromising line with people who we've seen over and over and over again will not compromise in any way like take them for what they are I don't understand how they look at the Republicans and won't just it's like Pelosi is like I really respect her too but she's part of the gaslighting. Where it's like, right?
0: I mean, I and I, it's, it's shocking to me because I feel like this is a slam dunk. So I would have, uh, if I were Nancy Pelosi, would definitely call for an investigation. Yeah. It'd be hard for Republicans to be like, look at that case and not say that, yeah, that's fucked up. That he got that deal. That he presided over that as, um, as an attorney and as a U.S. attorney, and he should you know, he should resign. The only
2: reason I can think she won't is because she knows it will expose Democrats. And instead of seeing that as a good thing, that we should take the people out of our party and have this moral stance and that it's not a bad thing for the Democratic Party to weed out even the people within our own, I think she's not going to do it. That's the only reason I can think she wouldn't.
0: All right. Let us move on to the next topic. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, so <laughs> a bunch of leaked emails allowed the UK for um, Sorry, showed that the UK ambassador in the United States called the Trump administration clumsy and inept. Um, clumsy and inept I know which is funny because it was like a pretty mild burn uh, at the end of the day like I thought but in England that's like fuck your mother like right (laughs) this guy has to resign basically because of these leaked emails that felt kind of mild to me of course like Donnie went nuts and he said uh, the wacky ambassador that the UK foisted upon the United States is not someone we are thrilled with a very stupid guy Um, he went on to like weird Lee, like insult Teresa may about um the deal she made or that you know that she that she couldn't get a brexit deal done or whatever anyways and that she he didn't she didn't listen to him you know because he's so fucking smart mm-hmm. um is uh, it first of all were you surprised that this like led to a resignation?
1: Well, only only the only reason I would say no is because I know that the British tabloid culture, yeah, like they love sinking their teeth into controversy. So I'm not surprised because even when I read his resignation, it wasn't he wasn't saying that. I don't think he said anything like I particularly regret what I said. Yeah, he said this is making it impossible for me to actually do this job anymore, which I think that. I get that this is going to be the thing that you are asked about from now until the end of time. Mm-hmm. So this is you've blown out your ability to actually be an ambassador cuz no one's ever going to focus on anything else. That I get. Yeah,
0: and I mean it, it completely uh your access to the White House, you know, and 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 the thing you're supposed to be there for gets ham- hampered, hampered. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that works. Yeah. Is that the that works, word? I want yeah. to throw dirty clothes into that word. But um yeah so i feel like that's i mean it's an intelligence i mean it's a it's a communications job it's a like you know but at the end of the day it's like a a, where uh me and the white house are bros like that's part of the job of an ambassador is to like have that relationship with the state department and, and the white house and you can't do that if you know if donnie's like don't invite that guy over Mm -hmm. um and so i i i totally get that i do uh I do think, though, we're all ridiculous if we think that ambassadors, even before Trump, weren't sending messages to each other to to their home country mm-hmm. like that. You know, I think
1: it's to me it almost feels like once you know an ambassador's name, they're probably not under the radar enough to be <laughs> yeah, yeah, an ambassador.
0: Yeah, yeah, anymore. yeah. yeah like,
2: wow, well, that's yeah. so true. Once you know, once that's you've true. heard
1: their name, something has gone wrong.
2: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, he's either been like assassinated or he's like what's the guy. And oh wait, no, never mind that wasn't an ambassador. Just kidding. Um I was thinking of the guy who started uh, World War 1, the Austrian, Franz uh, Ferdinand? the Archduke, no, wait, Archduke the Archduke Not an ambassador. Ferdinand. <laughs> but even royalty too. I feel like if you're low, low like lower royalty and people know you internationally something you bad something has happened. Bad, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was another person implicated in the Epstein thing, uh Prince Andrew. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Which is very uh mm-hmm. but
0: like in a in a in in a like in a uh he solicited some
2: girls? I'm not sure. I don't know.
0: Okay. <laughs> Everyone See, look what, it up and tell us. You know what? Like, d- I'm not, yeah, I don't know. Or Could, could it have been, been just was in a picture? A, just, yeah. Was it just a private jet flying I, yeah. situation? I
1: opened for Prince Andrew on the road once. <laughs> so I'm affiliated with this. You're affiliated. He's very funny. He's very, uh, very funny. He
2: kills.
0: <laughs> All right, let's move on to the next topic election security, guys. Um, There is. Uh, finally, there was a hearing, and and I don't, and it wasn't really widely reported, but Mi- there was a hearing. Mitch McCo- on election security. Mitch McConnell hasn't wanted one um, because he thinks that Democrats want to try and nationalize everything, like that's their solution, um, and also because anything about election secu- uh, security makes Donny feel very uncomfortable, mm-hmm. um, and he don't, doesn't want to hear it because he thinks it questions the legit- legitimacy of his presidency. Which it does, um, absolutely. Uh, but it's not like we're trying to take away his presidency. It's happening. Yeah. His presidency is happening. It's just about the next set of elections. So what are your fears about 2020 um, as far as like just the straight-up apparatus of democracy here when it comes to voting? And um, do you think that this hearing, and as a closed-door hearing, do you think anything will come of it?
2: My fears are everything. And no, I don't think anything will come of it. I think the only hope for 2020— is to have a democratic candidate that can somehow blow out the election because you can't cheat a close election, you can or you can't cheat a non-close election. You can only cheat a close election, and so I think Trump is counting on that in a way. I feel like there's obviously going to be Russian interference. Maybe because he's being watched now, like they won't be able to. But the Russians are interfering all across the world. Like this guy just got caught. Um, who was it? it? Was like the Italian prime minister just got caught trying to accept money from russia for his far-right campaign there's guys in australia it's like it's a very strategic attack by the russians i think a lot of it's founded in white supremacy and nationalist ideals like and so my fear for 2020 is everything i genuinely fear that if he wins again in 2020 there'll be some sort of like authoritarian coup like he's joking about this He posted this video where it said, like, Trump 2020, Trump 2024, Trump 2028, and he was trying to be a troll, but it all feels so, like, people don't think it can happen here, and I feel like everybody else, especially the Jews, are going, no, it very much can. Like, yeah, yeah, but yeah. I wonder, the one thing that makes me wonder is with the internet, you know, I wonder what would have happened during other authoritarian times with uh, yeah. the internet. And people being able to communicate it kind of undercuts the gaslighting and the double speak and things like that a little bit, but um, unless unless your your internet is totally controlled
0: like it is in exactly,
2: China. or but the problem is too yeah it's like we have really mobilized in our spaces of the internet you know there's been a lot of revolutionary action but so has the far right yeah. that's how this like white nationalist men's rights sort of like resurgence movement have all found each other is on the internet whereas they used to exist in these small pockets. So I don't know. I feel that my only hope for 2020 is that it's not a close election. I think that's the only way they can't cheat it. Uh. But I don't know. Can I share with you guys some
0: of the bills that the Democrats are trying to get passed? And they it, it, because and I'm curious to know what you think of them. Um, there's one, uh, the Protecting American Votes and Elections Act, which would require the use of paper ballots in American elections. Um, the another one is Defending the Integrity of Voting Systems Act, which would make hacking into an election a federal crime. It seems like that wouldn't
1: seem controversial. Don't to me. seem
0: right. They don't seem controversial. Here's another one: the Foreign Influence. Influence reporting in elections act which would require political campaigns to report contact from foreign governments to the FBI and none of these bills have passed.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Weird.
0: Uh, weird because they don't seem controversial. They don't actually seem to nationalize the voting apparatus which is uh, Mitch McConnell's stated fear um, which I th- maybe maybe you can say that about paper ballots like requiring states to have paper ballots but like that's but reporting even, foreign influence how does that nationalize the vote? How does that the nationalize the vote? But even having paper Ballots, it's like uh, you can do it however you want, just make sure there's a paper trail. Is Mm -hmm. still like giving you know, the state's right thing is just I don't know, I find that frustrating.
1: I went and got Irish citizenship.
0: What interesting
1: when I started the process a couple years ago, it was wait, did
0: you start it after the elections?
1: Well, that was the thing. So, I uh, in 2016, I went to Ireland for the first time and I visited my grandfather's village and I got very uh sort of emotional and caught up in it and went and got the citizenship to get in touch with my roots but it takes a long time and uh by 2018 when I got it my wife was like we have to pick up the pace because if I get it before my kid is born he gets it too and my wife and I had conversations of like this kid we need this kid to have an EU passport because wow. by the time he's older it might be necessary
0: yeah That's very interesting that you did all of that. Yeah. And we are allowed to have dual citizenship with with the EU?
1: With Ireland, uh, if your grandparents were born in Ireland, you can become a citizen. It's called the right of return.
2: Interesting. So my
1: mom is first generation, so she technically already is an Irish citizen, even though she's never filed the paperwork. And I had to go and get my grandfather's birth certificate, marriage certificate, death certificate, my mom's birth certificate, like basically track from Ireland to me. Everything that proves that I have yes, this just roots the finding that paperwork. It, it was, sounds
0: very stressful.
1: <laughs> yeah, very stressful. And, <laughs> I can't
0: handle it. I'll, I just like got like hives. But it was also that. really
1: beautiful. Like I I, 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 never knew my grandparents got married at a church in Brooklyn that I've walked past a thousand times. Uh-huh. and I had no idea. I had That's no idea, so, so, so sweet. Do
2: you ever see the movie Brooklyn?
1: Yes. Uh, yeah. You should, yeah, I love yeah. that movie. Searsha.
2: Saoirse mm-hmm. Yeah. I have no idea how to pronounce it. That's a great that.
1: movie. But yeah, now my kid has it. So if he has to flee, if he has to flee the apocalypse, he's an Irish citizen. Mm-hmm. He can go live in anywhere in the EU. I have an EU passport. Wow. Now. That's nice. That's right. You can That's- hide a lot of places in Europe. I can go to Cuba, too.
2: Wow! Oh my God, that's crazy. That's oh, true because there's no great. embargo for yes. I've
1: mm-hmm. uh, been to
0: Cuba. I've never when been. To and I time. don't have a EU citizenship. He snuck in.
2: They no, let Americans go No, no,
0: they they were. I don't know what the status is now, but I went during the time when we were allowed. Yeah. That I knew like kids like studied abroad or in Cuba
1: somehow. I don't know, like
0: no, there's you can do things. There's like cultural exchange. Yeah, like but you I can it do was, it.
1: I heard I had a buddy who went, and he I was like I, I wanted to go, but I, I was like man, I get it, it, the idea of getting one of those cultural exchange visas sounds like a nightmare. And he's like, dude, no,
0: it's real easy. He
1: told me he's like I just bought a ticket through JetBlue, and JetBlue has a counter where when you get when you get to the airport you can just go get a visa. Yeah. So yeah you don't yeah, really yeah, have to yeah, file yeah, ahead yeah, of time. Yeah, you just yeah. go up to a counter oh, that's great. at JFK and you're like, "Yeah, hey, I need a visa. I'm an artist." <laughs> uh, and then you have one.
0: <laughs> that's Interesting. Uh, guys, life. We got a lot of places to, flee. to flee. I like this. Mm-hmm.
2: Um, all right, it's wonderful by the way. Really I I like about. you do
1: great in Cuba, Marsha. I think I'd do okay. I think you'd be I think you'd be a hit yeah. in Cuba. Yeah.
2: I feel like I'd either get murdered straight away or I'd be like very
1: popular. Yeah. No, there's <laughs> no crime in Cuba. Really? Like literally no crime seems like more scary. Great advances (laughs) in medicine, right? Aren't they making like major advances in medicine? I don't know if they're
0: making advances. They just have medicine Mm -hmm, that, mm -hmm. in a way, that everyone can access it. Mm -hmm, So that's nice. Also, they can control like the spread of shit. So, like, I think like Zika and whatever, like they controlled that. You know, Mm, it's not good for Cuba. Yeah, you know what? They're doing all
2: right, and they now I gotta go to Cuba. I'm gonna do my special in Cuba. <laughs> that would be <laughs>
1: incredible.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Be so interesting. Which I I performed in Mexico City, and and there was um it was like huge. It was like a seven thousand person auditorium, and uh, they were all half of the audience was wearing those like headset thingies to get the interpretation, um, and they were interpreting in another room and then sending it through the headsets, and so uh, so half the audience could just speak English and get my joke. So like I would I I would have a punchline. Yeah. half the audience would laugh and, and like then the other ahead. half the audience would laugh thirty seconds yeah. later. Anyways. Like so, I it can't, I had no. It was amazing. I had really? rolling. It was like the entire time, just, just rolling laughs. I did. A,
1: did you have to pause forever? After yeah, there joke? was some
0: weird pausing I had to do, but it was a great. I, That's I thought fun. I was traumatized. I was like, oh my god, this is going to be horrible.
2: I thought it was going to be the worst, but then it ended up being so great. That was like I did a show recently where they were giving out edibles before the show, oh. and I get up <laughs> and it was awful because I I've get up in those. the middle of my set. And it was, I think that the entire audience's edibles hit literally directly in the middle of my set. Because the first half of my set was going so well. And then the second half of my set, I was getting laughs, but it was 30 like seconds right, after right, the punchline. Right, 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 right. So either they're, tra- like, it's like, if you're getting translated or if you're stoned, you have to wait 30 <laughs> seconds. Was in the city? It was in the city, but then I also did this one show and like... Portland at this weed cafe and it was I thought it was going to be so fun and it was
1: awful. Toronto, <laughs> same thing. I did one of the it's weed awful. rooms in Toronto. I was like, that sounds like the easiest audience ever. No, and, that it's horrible. Horrible. and it was bad? Horrible. Oh my God,
2: they're just so looking at you like it takes them so long to like process what like, you're saying. Uh, and that's the people,
1: so interesting. And the people hanging out in weed cafes and weed rooms in Toronto are smoking like military yes. grade potent drugs oh, yeah so they're like they're like
2: tripping on pot they they <laughs> are 90 year old <laughs> they are
1: going someplace else oh, and then okay. you're up there and you're like growing up in new jersey yeah. it's pretty wild guys <laughs> <And> exactly
2: like <laughs> they need like music or something like you're yeah. up there like trying to talk and they're like they couldn't yeah, have barely talk like to someone a, at a party it sounds
0: more like a glow sticks yes you know, they just want <laughs> like a very quiet
1: didgeridoo
0: <laughs> yes um, Well, you know, I'm glad that uh, our discussion of election security got Got us to
2: didgeridoos.
0: Uh (laughs) And I knew that it would. I kind of had a a feeling. This is the
2: relief America needs. All
0: right. Well, you know what? We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about uh, the commodification of pride. Today's show is sponsored by Rocket Money. Rocket Money is a personal finance app app from Albania that da- teaches Russian math or whatever. And then you're like, I'm never going to use this. Why did I get it? I should remember to cancel it. And then you don't. And I know you guys are like me and I know you've done this to yourselves. And guess what? 75% of people have subscriptions that they've forgotten about. So we're all in this bucket. And I think paying for that stuff is so angering and Rocket Money is there to help. Because basically Rocket Money shows you, hey, look at this is what all the things you are subscribed to. But then here's the bigger thing. To unsubscribe, you don't have to go through the whole rigmarole. Rocket Money unsubscribes for you with a click of a button. It's so easy. The other thing Rocket Money did for me, which I was incredibly grateful for, was reduce the cost of one of my bills. It was my cable bill. Yes, I still have cable. Rocket Money has over 5 million users that have saved a total of $500 million in canceled subscriptions, saving members up to $740 a year when using all of the app's features. I mean tracks for me and for the number of things I was paying for that I'm frankly ashamed of. So thank you, Rocket Money, for like fixing the shame glaze on my life. Uh, So stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash fake the nation. Again, that's rocketmoney.com slash fake the nation. Rocketmoney.com slash fake the nation, you guys.
1: Ah.
0: The Citizenry is a socially conscious home decor brand that partners with master artisans across the globe to bring time-tested craftsmanship to the modern home. Um, You guys, I like cool, pretty things, and uh, I got like this large, long pillow for my bed from them. Um, I think it's called a lumbar pillow. Yes, it's called a lumbar pillow. And it's uh it's just it's super colorful and I really love it. I also um <laughs> like sometimes I hug it when my dude's away and I just like need to like hug a pillow. <laughs> Is that a weird thing to admit to? I don't know. Anyways, The Citizenry creates exclusive collections sold direct to you online without the middleman markup. Um With pieces crafted in over 15 countries, their collections are designed to highlight the unique materials and craft traditions of each destination. Their iconic lumbar pillow, that's the thing I got, um, comes in bold designs reimagined and inspired by the geometric patterns used by the Zapotec tribes of the the Oaxaca region in Mexico. Each pillow is hand-dyed and takes a talented weaving cooperative three days to make. And, oh, my God, it just – they, they do look real pretty and just cool. Um, the Citizen, we also donates 10% of proceeds directly back into the artisan communities around the globe to help these entrepreneurs take their businesses to new heights. Uh, so I think you guys should check it out. It's There's a lot of, like – lovely stuff on the website. For a $50 gift voucher towards your first purchase of $200 or more, go to citizenrypodcast.com and enter the code FAKE. That's citizenrypodcast.com C-I-T-I-Z-E-N-R-Y podcast.com The code is FAKE and you'll get a $50 gift voucher towards your first purchase of $200 or more. are back and we're ready for the next topic. Okay. So, um, I want to talk about the commodification of pride and I, or and just in general, like the commodification of wokeness, uh, I hate that term, but anyway, uh, and I know, um, the subject a little two weeks ago but like I really want to talk about it and I forgot. Mm-hmm. Um so here we are. Did you notice um or over recent years have you noticed um, a corporatization of pride and what do you feel about it?
2: Uh yeah, definitely it's something a lot of people have been talking about and the articles we read it, it is interesting because like everything it's like there are different sides where On the one hand, I guess public support, like LGBTQ is still not accepted, you know, nationally or universally. And so, you know, corporations like just being purportedly in support public, I guess, in some ways is good culturally. But yeah, a lot of it is about how you're taking it away from the revolutionary origins and you're funneling it into capitalist gains that don't go back into the LGBT community because the only reason businesses are going to support LGBTQ is when it becomes financially viable, which it has. So that's what they're doing. And then there's been these reports of a lot of these same companies not only... Don't give a huge percentage of that money back to LGBTQ organizations, but actually give a lot of money to anti-LGBTQ right. causes. And one of the interesting uh, and,
0: and not even—I mean—sometimes it's not even a direct line like that. Sometimes they're giving money to, um, you know, a member of Congress who has supported who has anti-LGBTQ and, yeah. policies. Yeah, um,
2: and like two two so years away, Even
1: we're two years away from the Chick Fil A float. Is what we're saying. Oh my god, one hundred percent. Yes,
2: like exactly. Like, and it's it's. It's interesting because like one of the things that pointed out to with this corporatization of pride is it makes it so that pride is not about any one unified sort of thing or it becomes sort of only this rainbow flag that's supposed to have this all encompassing meaning as opposed to the individual fights that are still happening and the political movements that are still like needing traction. And I feel like pride has gotten more political in the time of Trump, you know, and things like that, people feeling like. We definitely still need to fight. But with the corporate stuff, it just feels a little eye-rolly to me, where it's just kind of like, okay, you know, thank you, McDonald's, I guess, like.
0: (laughs) Uh, Yeah, for having french fry sleeves that are But uh, I guess it's good they're not
2: anti-LGBT. You know, it'd be, I guess, strange if they just ignored it. But it also is so focused on the month of June. Like, someone did this hilarious video of, at midnight on July 1st, all of the corporation's logos changing back. From yeah, the rainbow, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. like as soon as they can, like, yeah. like we're out.
1: <laughs> I should say I'm married to a lady, so I'll, so first of all, who cares about my opinion? I will say <laughs> I care about you. Thank opinion. you so much. I just want to put it out there that I'm aware, I'm aware of. <laughs> we're all um, aware.
0: I'm also straight and married to a guy, so apologies. But anyway, I still think it's interesting.
1: <laughs> I will say I have I have a perspective on this that I feel very lucky that I live in Queens. I live in Jackson Heights, which uh, in the time I've lived there, I've come to realize a very, very special place. Uh, politically, everyone is engaged. It, I'm in AOC's district. It's where the Tiffany Caban fight is happening right mm-hmm. now. Like it's the only place I've ever lived in New York where everyone, we know the name of our council. I'm Danny Drum is my councilman and he started Queens Pride. Queens Pride is a very, very big deal in Jackson Heights and it's a, it isn't as corporatized. Uh, I, I, when I went this year, I got to see a version of Pride that um, mm-hmm. was both a celebration and very joyous as well as a lot of people on, you know, making it clear through their messaging and megaphones and signage of, no, there's still fights to be had. Yeah. And um, it's certainly it, it, it certainly, when when I saw all the think pieces about what has happened to the Manhattan version of Pride, it did remind me a little bit of what it was like Going to South by Southwest Uh, around
2: like uh 2013,
1: 2014 when you're like – I remember there was one year that – When it's
2: been corporatized, yeah. I remember –
1: I went there a couple years when it was heading in that direction and everyone was like kind of grumbling about it. And then I remember the dam breaking one year where I went where – I forget who the artist was. It was a rapper performing in a stage – that was built to look like a giant Sprite vending machine. Oh,
2: my God. So
1: the stage <laughs> was built in a way where they were performing on the place where the Sprite can <laughs> would fall out oh in a big Sprite God. vending machine. And the Manhattan one does have a little bit of that feeling, right? Of like – and then, of course, there's the issue, too, that people bring up where you're like, well, the fact that it's corporatized has good and bad, right? Like yeah. these, some, there was a time where people couldn't hold hands in a store. And mm-hmm, now some right. of the stores – but then there's also a – You know, a section of that parade where my understanding was that the NYPD now has a section, which is like that whole movement started with a trans woman, I believe, throwing a brick at a cop, right? Like, or something along those lines. Like, it was about fighting off cops who were raiding Stonewall. So
2: Well, and the cops, NYPD did this thing where— Some of the organizers said, if you're a police person marching with pride, we don't want you to wear uniforms because the NYPD has been historically terrible to marginalized communities, especially, not especially, but including LGBTQ. Yeah. And um, NYPD then countered back, well, now we're going to send half the amount of cops to pride, which is like fine. But at the same time, they're literally being like you saying that we don't do well policing your community. Now we're not going to police or whatever. So. It's because that's how I feel, too, is that the corporatization kind of does both where you're saying, okay, now this is something accepted. But then it kind of paints this broad brush of LGBTQ people get over it. You have rights now. And it's not true. You know, it's there's still so much violence that LGBTQ people face. There's, you know, they you can't get a wedding cake, you know, all this stupid shit. And I think the corporate element kind of obscures the fight by being like, we're all good now.
0: Right, right. It makes it feel like there's so much more progress that has been made than has actually been made. Um, I think the it, it, it does feel rather inevitable, though, because the majority of Americans, so if millennials are numbering in the majority, um, they are you know totally fine with uh, the LGBTQ community and they're just generally more progressive and generally more woke and so the numbers dictate that the you you know if you're a corporation you have to sell to that audience mm-hmm. you know you're not going to sell um to to boomers who might be more conservative um you know you're going to st- start focusing on where the majority is even though like the electoral college is designed for like minority but- Vote. Um, capitalism wonder, is designed for a majority vote. Mm-hmm. You know what
1: I, I mean. I actually d- so, somewhat disagree with what one aspect of what you said, which is about the boomers. There's a part of me that wonders if the corporatization is positive in that sense. Meaning, I think for my my, my parents' generation, mm. the idea of gay marriage was just they didn't understand. Like that was a fundamental thing. Like there are people in my life who are of that generation who would say, "I just don't get it," and didn't comprehend. It doesn't matter if you get it. That's Mm -hmm. not the issue if you personally get it. Um, But now I know that the idea of gay marriage is on TV and is on Modern Family and big sitcoms and they literally don't care when for decades of their lives they cared. So I almost wonder, like, if you go into a Macy's and there's a rainbow flag, is that – I think for those of us who are – in cities and see the movements and the fights that are still happening and seeing that it still does necessitate some, you know, real milit- militancy in cases or awareness. Um, I wonder, I do wonder if, what am I saying? The idea that you could go into like a suburban JCPenney's and it might have a pride yeah. flag, if that doesn't normalize it for the boomers. Yeah, the nor- I think right. the yeah, normalizing
2: is good, but I think the other side of that is that there was a tweet that People were like, don't bring fetishes to pride because kids are there. And it's like pride started out as an in your face. We're not fitting into your boxes. You know, it's like, don't tell me that I can't wear leather to pride because it's like I'm allowed to sexually like express whatever I want. And that's what this is for. And I think the corporatization kind of desexualizes it in a way and makes it less radical where they want it to be like. More suit and tie, politeness, getting married. Like, a lot of the fight was in gay marriage, which was an absolutely wonderful thing. But then you have a lot of queer people being like, that wasn't my fight. My fight is just to be able to live sexually free and to, you know, have— representation in TV that is sexualized, romanticized, not just the like fun gay guy or like the man hating lesbian, you know? And so I think there's there's two sides, but I definitely agree with that. But I feel like that's the other side. I
1: think you'll be happy to hear that when I attended Queen's Pride this year on 37th Avenue, which if you're familiar with Jackson Heights is one of the main uh commercial thoroughfares as the parade was happening, I did watch one man lead another man on a leash uh, who was wearing a leather pig mask and and uh, that's what a pride is about? A thong, a pig mask, and a thong, <laughs> and he was being led around on a leash on a, 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 an avenue that I promise you right now. Is a bunch of people with strollers, uh, food yes. shopping. <laughs> and food that's shopping. what I
2: think. The corporate picture of gay life wants to directly fight that, where they want, and it's like not like no queer people are all one thing, and that's what pride is about: is showing ev- that queer people are everything that we're that like it's everybody. And it's interesting because I think that the more corporate it gets. The less that's going to be allowed. You're not going to see any sort of out there. Although um, I feel, I free. mean, the,
0: the so the Manhattan Pride, which was huge
2: in the you know the biggest in the country and all of that stuff. Uh, did you did you guys go to the Manhattan one? No, because it not. was World Pride and it terrified me. I'm like three million extra people in the city. I can't do it. Yeah, Ugh. it was a uh, it was. I huge. went to Jacob Reese for my friend's birthday, and that was.
1: I went (laughs) to Queen's Pride and then I was at my nephew's three-year-old birthday party. Straight Pride, (laughs) yes.
0: Um, But uh, so I went to uh, the World Pride and um, it was um, it was funny. So I I I basically go every year. Like I just think it's joyous and fun, and I like to see the parade. You know, (laughs) um. And I support and I support. You know, obviously. Um. But so anyway, so and this year the the corporate aspect was Palpable. I mean, it was insane. Like, just the, the corporate logos for weeks that had been leading up to it was, I was already like, wow, mm-hmm. like, this is so much more than I've ever seen. Like, this is crazy. Each, you know, uh, uh, CVS having like a little, you know, pride section of the fucking drugstore. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. stuff like that. Every supermarket, department store, everything like had a little pride thing. Um, and uh, so I was just like, wow, this is like pretty sh- I, I I just felt like it was an onslaught of uh, a corporate presence. And then in the actual pride, they had stalls and you can get a lot of free stuff. Did mm-hmm. I get some free stuff? Yes, I did. Um, like, but they were just like handing out and like there were just like the the most ridiculous one was a a truck of Oreos. Ooh. And they had they had made this Pride packaging for, and they were just handing out full size packages of Oreos, and uh <laughs> and everyone was like going crazy trying to get these Oreos. And there was these old ladies who were clearly not there for Pride; they were there to get free stuff. Yeah, um, just packing up their little rolly <laughs> things of uh, full of Oreos and like free skincare samples and all of that stuff. And then you know when they left, they had all their free things and like like and i remember you know there were hand- people were handing out flags you know and uh and uh, you know and i could literally see these women just like b- just putting like stuff in their, um
2: yeah so it's commodification store, like it- over community
1: but i heard those old ladies are actually in a relationship together
2: now <laughs> and that could be it I heard <laughs> although they got yeah together. the oreos know, it- brought them together <laughs>
1: <laughs> much like oreos the binding of that cream <laughs> they wound up bound together after It was beautiful. It it
0: was so, but so that part of it was kind of ridiculous. And there's a lot of people like really, um, really getting, you know, getting their free stuff. And it was just all about that. But it was also still there was still the you know the dudes and the thongs and the pig masks. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Um, That was that uh, that was in your face. Just like people walking around very practically naked or whatever or naked and um and that element was still there and the whole thing was still very joyous i mean i thought it's funny because i was doing the whole thing with a stroller um mm-hmm. and uh and so it was and it was like you know 3 million people in the city so really packed and and i thought oh of all the places where people are going to respect the stroller it's going to be pride mm-hmm. and they did it it's just like it was still extremely joyous for how mar- heavily marketed and Um, Commodified
2: it was Yeah. Do you think it's like despite of the Capitalistic aspect now that's put in Like it's almost like there's still community And still like sexual openness Like despite the corporate Influence it's almost like I mean On the day the
0: corporate influence Just felt like um, a backdrop? A backdrop, yeah. It just felt like, oh, I'm going to eat a couple of Oreos while I watch this float and dance to Robin songs, <laughs> you know? Um, it's, it's, when you talk about,
1: it's funny to consider the idea of like, no, we want to be sexual, it's sexual in our way, in your face, as both an expression of freedom and a statement of rights. And it is, it is funny to think about like people going, oh, we don't want that around our kids. I feel like the real issue is like some of those people are, Behind closed doors getting like vibrating eggs put up their assholes. You know what I mean? Like it's it's but they're like,
2: (laughs) I do it in private because I'm a Christian.
1: It's a condemnation (laughs) of sexuality in general. Yeah. That's the issue. There's a lot of
2: shame around sexuality in general, like especially in America. Yeah.
0: What do you guys think about okay, so there was a reclaim pride um, event in Central Park at the same time, and thousands went to that as well. People who were, you know, who were unhappy with the turn that pride has taken. Um and it, it kind of reminded me of the fissure in the women's march mm. uh, where there were two women's marches or whatever. and I wondered if that was kind of if that's if it's good that there's the kind of um that there that there there are people uh, speaking up against what they think is cama pride or if this kind of fissure weakens the movement in general.
1: I think, I, I mean, there's validity to both, right? Like I mentioned, I live in Jackson Heights, which if you look it up, historically I think has become like a bastion of support for the LGBTQ community. Famously started, there was a, uh, a murder in the 80s that uh, it was a, a guy who was cruising and he got killed and the city wouldn't prosecute it as a bias crime and the whole community came out ever since then has been like, very fiercely devoted even still also one of the if you look it up Roosevelt Avenue has been known for years as a place where a lot of uh, trans community hangs out especially in the Hispanic trans community Um, these are not things I'm claiming as my own but just facts and then even in that neighborhood last year a trans woman got beaten up in front of the McDonald's on 82nd Street so you can't pretend that that stuff's not happening even in a neighborhood like mine where I think it's probably where people feel safest in some communities so in that sense, I think that you can't forget, and it can't just become free Oreos. In another yes. sense, I think there is an issue I see being in the city, being an artist, being around the types of people I'm around, where I think that there is a part of me that feels like progressivism does have a habit of eating itself mm. and dividing quite often. It does,
2: so, but that makes yes, sense So to me that. much so then I think but the it co- makes sense conservatives— because progressives and marginalized people are not homogenous whereas the people we're fighting essentially are and so it makes sense to me why republicans are, have a lot easier time or non-progressives if you want to put it that way like even if they don't identify as republican have a easier time getting in line with each other because in our communities we have different interests you know and even Absolutely. within lgbtq and especially within women you know and other marginalized communities like there's always going to be factions because it's made of individuals. And the other side is also made of individuals, but they seem to have a sort of wartime mentality of get in line, win the fight, deal with the rest later.
0: Although with the Women's March, I mean...
2: There's lots of problems with the Women's March. There's lots
0: of problems with the Women's March, but it it feels, I think one thing is i i get i you're right that there's going to be more
2: factionalism because it's just but dominant groups even silencing minorities within that like that's with lgbtq is that a lot of the corporatization also brings the conversation of why white lgbtq people still have privilege within those communities and i think corporations uh, or like a corporately based pride is going to stifle that conversation it doesn't benefit them. So I think that when you have this faction of people who are dissatisfied in a lot of different ways but even within that dis- I doubt that all the 2000 people in Central Park were there for the same reason. Right, you know? but I
0: also uh, but and I think though that it makes the movement less politically powerful when the when people can't kind of combine their Like I don't think there was no play. It 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 seems like there. It does isn't. It seems like there could have been a place for reclaim pride. What there you know what their concerns were at regular pride Mm. you know what i mean like it it seems politically less savvy i don't know i i'm speaking out of my ass like i i just i don't have a strong opinion on reclaim pride i feel like
1: 2016 made me like the i feel like the the macro of the you know as as far as pride i certainly feel like i have no right to speak to people who feel like they need to fight harder in that community certainly but i do think on the macro level it kind of relates to 2016 really made me feel in a big way like, oh, right, the Democratic Party in my lifetime at least, and seemingly far back when you read up on history, it was never a party of people who thought the same thing. It was different groups of people who had to team up because the other side wanted them gone and dead. It was immigrants and Jewish people and black people and Catholics and unionists and gay people. And what the one thing they all have in common is that religious people wanted them gone Mm -hmm. and i think in a handful of states in 2016 they managed to convince the unionists and probably some of the catholics sadly as as catholics and
2: evangelicals have kind of bonded over the abortion issue well catholics
1: are no longer like you're you're gonna like it used to be like oh you want the fucking pope to be the president Mm -hmm. and become a puppet to the pope and you look at all the old thomas nass political cartoons of like Grow, you know, Irish scum Catholics crawling out of the river. Like, now that's no longer the thing. And they were kind of able to just, in Michigan and Wisconsin and Pennsylvania, go like, hey, if you're a unionist or a Catholic, what the fuck do you really have in common with these other people? And I feel like that's kind of what happened. So splintering in general scares me, I would say. But
2: it's it's hard because I think the other side really exploits that because there's an idea of calling out versus calling in where Mm -hmm. when you're in these communities that are being attacked but you want to make progress within that or there's issues within those communities, it's really hard It's hard to have a private conversation. It's like two women can never argue about something because it's a catfight. So it's like it's really hard to have conversations when you have the other side just so excited to see you. It's like the Democratic primary. It's like we should be able to push the issues. We should be able to push progressivism, push people further to the left and not have it splinter our party. But it does, you know? It's like you still have these fights that I think are spurred on by the media in some ways of, like, the splintering really helps the other side, but at the same time, within those communities, you have to feel able to say, no, I'm still not being listened to. And I think we try and reach the people who we feel will listen to us. So I think that people would want to challenge the LGBT community within it because they feel more likely to be listened to as opposed to going to these yeah, yeah, people yeah. who are never no, going to listen to And I
0: want to say... Uh I totally appreciate reclaim pride and regular yeah, pride and I'm not okay yeah there's I a lot of sides back, to everything but like, like yeah yeah I d- I hope it didn't come off like I was no. criticizing reclaim pride I think that they're uh, But it's fine been. to criticize even like I just I I'm just uh, the thing that I that I'm always curious about is how um conservatives step in line And they don't—you know, they have the worst fucking president in the history of time as the leader of their party, and they have stepped in line behind him after— Beret, you know, after insulting him for months during the campaign, they still do it. They just that's what they do. Mm. And uh, we don't do that.
1: They have a catchphrase that you can convince yourself. It's make America great again. Mm
2: -hmm. There
1: are a lot of people who can convince themselves, yeah, that's what I've wanted forever. It's all
2: for the greater good, everything evil, yeah. And
1: it's a catch-all for whatever your belief is. And we don't have on our side, we don't have that catchphrase. And how could we? I feel like their catchphrase should be hey, the other Side wants us all dead. Like that's, that's what Chris, it was. That's yeah, good. Yeah, 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 in yeah, the yeah. six,
0: wasn't that? like <laughs> uh, if, it, if we could shorten that for a hat, that. But would Republicans be. But are so
2: good at taking individual people to be like, look, no, we have a black person, we have a woman. Like I swear, the first female president's going to be like a Republican Margaret Thatcher type. Like they're really good How at obscuring the conversation. That? Horrible, but they're really good at obscuring <laughs> <Horrible>. the conversation. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> All right, you guys. Um, well, thank you for talking that out with me. Uh, so that, you guys, that's the end of the show. How do Ooh. you feel? Chris?
1: I feel uh, tired <laughs> and ultimately <laughs> inconsequential. <laughs>
0: Wow, that is a darker how-do-you-feel than I was anticipating. (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm
1: I like that.
2: Yeah, I feel really tired, but I don't even have the excuse of being a new parent. Uh, (laughs) And I feel just, like, anxious, but also kind of—it's always a relief to me to actually just talk about shit. I feel like with all the topics, it's stuff that's been on the back of my mind that I'm like, people at parties are sick of me. So it's nice to be here and sort of— where you're talking about it, you're yes. Allowed.
0: Um, you guys, I uh, thank you so much for doing the show, and I would love for the people of Fake the Nation to be able to follow you and find you online and in person wherever you would like them to find
2: you. Belski, where do they do that? You can find me on Twitter at Marshabelsky, M A R C I A, and um, yeah, that's where you can find me. And come see my musicals, Fiddler on the Rooftop Bar.
0: Definitely do that, you guys. Chris, where uh, do they find you? Chris Gethard.
1: Chris Gethard on Twitter. Chris Geth on Instagram. ChrisGeth.com for tour dates. Ooh, and, wait, and, it's ChrisGeth.com? Yeah, Was somebody, there another Gethard? Some, no, somebody's squatting on ChrisGethard.com. <gasps> some guy cyber squatted on me. And, wow. I've never heard that day. term, and I love yeah, it. Yeah, and when you go to the site, it's it's illegal what he's doing. It, it, when you go, it, it's, it's just got a picture of a grinning man and then a message box. Clearly for me to message him. And I messaged him and I was like, uh, hey, I'm the only person who's gonna want this domain. How much? Uh, or, and, and he wrote back and he was like, yeah, we've been waiting for you to get in touch. How much oh are you willing to pay God. for it? So I wrote him back and I said, $7. <laughs> and then he wrote back and was like, my client, uh, they claim they're a third party, so he's like, my client, Finds this offer insulting. And I said, okay. Good. I said, okay, $12. <laughs> and then they stopped communicating with me. And I emailed them about once a year. And I'm like, I just want to reiterate, no one else is going to buy this. So $12. And I'm just waiting for them to that's sell so me psycho. my website for they $12. They think you're going to
2: fold, which is interesting. And it's like, no, because if you Google me, people can still get to my website. Like, yeah. I just want
1: it. Also, dudes, like I had my TV show and that's when that was most valuable. Yes. And now it's canceled and the value is depreciating daily. So. <laughs> <laughs> Take the twelve dollars. It's not even gonna be worth that much in another year.
2: <laughs> Jesus Christ. Oh my god, cyber squatting, what a term. Yeah. Yeah,
0: I like that. I never heard of that. Um, all right, you guys. Oh, you know where to find me on all of the things. Um oh, you know that gig I'm doing in uh, DC? I'm doing like a storytelling show for a Far magazine, but they're gonna live stream it and it's on August 1st, and you'll be able to see the live stream on Facebook. Um, and it's like I don't do very much Storytelling This is my One of my First Not my first foray But uh, an early foray Into storytelling So um, You can tune into that um, If if you're interested In seeing that You guys uh, I want to Thank the production team Here at Fake the Nation um, That's our producer Harry Nelson Our Woo! talented audio engineers Andy Christens And Jared O'Connell uh, Gabby Alter Wrote our theme music By the way Don't forget to buy His new album Yes Gabriel Yes Gabriel um, um, and, oh, and also thanks to Lily Fleshler who helps with research and you guys, I would love to hear from you. Send us your feedback, um, you know, topics that you think we should ta- chat about, uh, guests you think we should have on. You can leave us a voicemail at 347-770-4981 because I'd love to hear your voices. Um, or you can drop us a line at comments to fakethenation.com. And if you like what you hear, please leave us a review at Apple Podcasts because it really does help people find the show. Uh, thank you guys and we'll be back next week. Okay, bye.